It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For over 50 years, the identity of the Zodiac Killer has eluded a public obsessed with discovering who he was and why he did what he did. His true identity has become the holy grail of true crime buffs and armchair detectives. But do we really want to know? Is the chase more fascinating than the individual responsible? And would it be more disappointing than satisfying to actually have this case solved? Join us as we conclude our series on the Zodiac and dive into the darkness, one crime at a time. Hello, and welcome to One Crime at a Time. I'm Shannon, and with me as always, you know her, you love her, my sister from the same mister, Christina. Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Feel much better this week? I do. Good. I'm sick now. Well... That's wonderful. But I still have my voice It wasn't because of me, because what I had, you really couldn't catch. Yeah, uh, well, Sunday, was it Sunday? I could not hardly speak at all, but I've I've remedied the situation. I'm sure everyone that I live with was... Laryngitis is really not was ecstatic about it. Yeah, I think I had just spoke, I'd been talking so much, because since we recorded so much last weekend, that... um, I think I just lost my voice, well. <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, anyway, that was fun. Yeah. Everybody in my household enjoyed it. Yeah. The fact that I couldn't yell at them to do anything. So, it was, they had, a, they had a peaceful day, so they appreciated that. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, our, um, new podcast out in the sticks premiered today. Yes. Hey, we released, uh, the first three episodes. Yep. So go check that out. Right. If you're into ghosts and go scary stuff. Go check it out stuff. anyway. You might learn some history. Yeah, you might. It's Plus it's Halloween, so go yeah. get in spirit. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's fun scary. It's not scary scary. Yeah, I know. I'm, fun, not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling stories. <laughs> that happen to include ghosts. That happen to include the paranormal. <laughs> but but I, I like it because you can learn a lot of historical yeah facts on that yeah it's fun we have fun just like we do here so go check that out if you want to it's out in the sticks you can just do a search for it it should pull up um what else um i guess we should do reviews yes I act like I don't know what we do on the show every single but week. But I want people to send me their ghost stories. Oh, yeah. I've still got that other one. We're going to read ghost stories next week. If you want to get it in, get it in by, um, let's see, 
Get it in at least by... Get it in by Sunday. Yeah. Please. So we can read them. Sunday of this week, which would be... Get it in by Sunday the 25th. Yes. Sunday, October 25th. Because uh, we'll probably be recording Sunday or Monday. So get it in then. We will read it. And we will critique. No, I'm just playing. We no, will, we, we will, will check just for, read your story. <laughs> we'll be checking for grammar. But if there's something misspelled <laughs> and, and I mispronounce it, then don't get mad. <laughs> No, I'm just playing. We'll read it and see what you got to say. And then I'll tell you whether or not I believe it or think it's crap. She doesn't believe anything. <laughs> Even though she's seen something, she doesn't believe it. I just saw something weird. It doesn't mean that it was anything. Okay, whatever. I'm just saying. Maybe one day I'll tell that story, but not today. Okay, so let's get into reviews. We have two reviews. I picked up two from Great Britain All since right. I was on our... Britain. account for great britain um these are both five star cool first one says keep it up these sisters have a really great chemistry it is entertaining and very informative if they only knew. if they only knew. <laughs> i have learned things that i never knew about some of the stories that i have heard hundreds of times a well done mix of comedy and true crime and that's from ezra b so awesome. thank you ezra yes appreciate you um the second one uh, is titled "True Crime Can Be Entertaining." Yes, it can. <laughs> Who it's knew? All, it's always entertaining Who to me. Knew? To me, this podcast will make you forget that the stories are sometimes about the horrible things people can do to each other. Makes it easier to listen to without disrespecting the victims. Well done, and that's thank from you. Lincoln. Somebody gets it. Say thank you, Lincoln, and thank you, Ezra. Yay, they get it. We appreciate you we guys do. over there and across the pond, as we they do. say. <laughs> We love all of you. Across the pond. Yes. Uh, before we get back into this story that we've been telling, do want uh, want to remind you to go um, check out Audible. Yes. Uh, you can get your 30-day free trial. I hope you all went and downloaded your copy of Zodiac so that you can read through it because in a little while we're going to be telling you about everything that's wrong with it. So it'll be fun. <laughs> Hope you've had time no, to listen to it. I can promise you that it, if she really gets started, it's not going to be fun <laughs> for anybody. I will try I, to keep her under control. I am so... We were talking about this before we started that I've got to... There's She's so much... I'm going to have to keep control. myself together and under control because there is so much that I want to tell you all about... We would be about this whole thing, week. but I want to wrap it up tonight, so I've got to keep myself under control in... I'll just post a bunch of stuff on our Patreon yes, and on our social media just to get that it out of my be, system. That would give somebody something to read. <laughs> because I, there's so much that I wish that I want to tell you guys okay, that so I have we were found. talking about Audible? Yes, Audible. Uh, go get your 30-day free trial. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me what we were doing. Like I said, I'm all together so now. I'll bring her back. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you will get one audiobook and two Audible Originals. Okay. And you will re- if and you will continue to receive one audiobook and two Audible originals each month that you continue your subscription. Uh, you'll get credits, and if you don't use those credits for one month, they'll roll over for a year. So you can save up a year's worth of credits and just buy a whole bunch of stuff at one time. So if you're going on, so if you're on vacation, and need something for a long drive, you can save up a bunch of stuff and just listen to it all at one time. So yes. However you want to do it. Or listen to something once or a month. Or if you just want to put the world away for the rest of your life. 
buy a whole bunch of stuff and never talk to anybody again. Whatever you feel well, like doing. You know, you do you. Yes. That's all we're saying. You will also have free access to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post. They are all delivered daily to the Audible app, so you can keep up with what's going on in this shit right, show we call the world. <laughs> 2020. This shit show we call world. Um, so, like I said, go get your free trial today. You can start listening by going to audibletrial.com slash one crime. That's audibletrial.com slash one crime. And we will post a link to that in our show notes as usual. Yes. So, without further ado. Here we go. Here we go. Back into Mr. Zode. The Zode man. No, it's The Zodiac. Zodiac. The Zodiac. Zodiac. <laughs> Somebody please wear his button. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so please. he was all pissed off and sad because no one was wearing buttons. He was buttons. actually starting to make me feel sorry for him. I know a little nobody bit. Nobody was, nobody wearing, his was wearing his buttons. But then again... If he, I think that if he would have had buttons made and handed them, them out, out in people front of would the have, police could, department, like I told him to, I, you know, today, today Zodiac would have uh, would definitely oh have merch. Somebody would have made some buttons oh God, already. Yes. They already have. Have you not seen it walking around? <laughs> but I'm just saying that if this had happened today, oh, and yeah, the letter would, came there in, would, but you would find it everywhere. Yes, there would be buttons. There would be billboards. There, there would like be T-shirts TikTok with the picture videos. of the letter on it. That you could like, <laughs> and and his little sign. Everybody would, everybody'd know the zodiac. Yeah, he wouldn't have to worry about that today. <laughs> he would definitely not have to worry about it. Don't, no, let's don't get him started. I'm not. I I doubt he can even write anymore. If he's still alive, I'm sure he. Remember, we were talking about he probably doesn't even remember that he is the zodiac. <laughs> that would be the world worst. <laughs> Alzheimer's ever. Yeah, for real. (laughs) So we're going to start out by talking about some suspects. Going into why they're a suspect. Okay. And reasons why they shouldn't be a suspect. And I'm just going to go ahead right in the here and right now and just point out there was this time period a few years ago where for some reason... Everybody and their sister and their brother decided that their father or stepfather was the Zodiac. I never thought that. <laughs> so there were people coming out of the woodwork. Even though it could have been my daddy because he didn't die until 82. But no, I don't think it was I him. think he was too young. He would have been too young in well, he would have been 69. In, yeah. He would, he would have been too young because he was... I know that he was he was twenty two when twenty one when I was born yeah, in seventy seven. So, yeah. so I it wasn't him. But hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> but one of these people we're gonna I'm only gonna mention a couple of them and that's just because they're in the news so much that these that people have talked about them so much. But just know that there were a lot of people that came forward trying to accuse their Father or Didn't stepfather. Didn't they make a movie out of one of them and claim that they caught that the Zodiac killed again in like the nineties or something? Well, now there was an active Zodiac killer that called himself the Zodiac in New York during Maybe that time. Maybe that's what I'm. He was a copycat of. though. Because I watched that on Netflix and I'm. So the first one we're going to talk about is Jack Terrence. Um, why he is suspected is Dennis Kaufman who was his stepson, he came forward and claimed that his stepfather, Jack Terrence, was a dead ringer for the composite sketch of the 
Zodiac that was from the Paul Stein killing. Um, He claimed that he had um, had found his stepfather's stash of incriminating evidence. This incriminating evidence included a roll of film that supposedly depicted possible victims, the bizarre hooded costume that he wore during the Lake Berryessa stabbings, and this evidence was supposedly stashed in the back of a television. You know how the old TVs had the well, maybe it tube was just in the a back. Halloween costume <laughs> and the ladies that he met while at a Halloween party. Or maybe he was watching something about the Zodiac and saw this hood, so he went and made one and claimed that it was his stepfather's. That could be, too. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe his stepfather had this weird sense of humor where he'd wear that and scare people. Yeah. But not really hurt them. Now, some of these photos... Maybe it was a fetish. <laughs> there's maybe so he, many maybe things. Maybe he had a Zodiac fetish. I'm telling you, there's so many things that that could be. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It's just... So, that was basically the amount, the evidence that they had. Okay. Did it was, have blood on was it? Was that he said that he had this evidence and that his stepfather looked like the sketch, which we've already said there was a lot of people that looked like that But the sketch. facial features, would, there may be a slight difference, but they would be different. Yeah. I mean, I mean you may diff- have to really look, but they would, the facial features like the nose and the mouth. Of course, we couldn't tell the eyes because of the sunglasses, but. Yeah. So. Law enforcement officials pretty much dismissed the evidence as nonsense. Well, yeah, because he it had was. A, he had one photo of a blob of color. And that a, was that it was, was his... just a blob that he claimed was the black dahlia victim Elizabeth Short. So now the he's trying did not kill. <laughs> so he's Elizabeth trying to pull Short. all this stuff in. And the hooded costume that he produced it was much cruder than what um, the victims the... described. It was something well, that looked like. You know, because remember, Brian had said that it was something that it looked like he took a lot of care in making. Because that it was, this is the Zodiac. Right. That it I was, mean, you know, that he, it looked well made. But the one that this guy pulled out, it was it was just a crude thing that he had I'm obviously you, just sewn together. Somebody just sewed it together either for a Halloween party or some right. kind of something or a fetish or something. And I forgot to mention that... <laughs> And this is the funniest part of me. I, this made me laugh so hard, and I still forgot to say it. But another piece of evidence that was um, produced was on a 2007 documentary on the Discovery Channel. Okay. There was a document examiner that said Terrence's handwriting matched the Zodiacs. So does any doctors. However, they her credibility, credibility has been challenged because she also believed that Terrence had written the John Bonet Ramsey ransom note. He killed John Bonet. He, he killed, killed the Black, Black Dahlia, Dahlia, and he was the Zodiac. Wow! So this guy was getting around. He all was. I'm saying, so no, he didn't. I know that. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> There's no way in hell that he wrote the John Bonet Ramsey ransom note. There's, it just didn't happen. And he's not the Zodiac. No. He's and he didn't not. kill the black, black Dahlia. No, he didn't. And he doesn't have a picture of a black blob that is the that is Elizabeth Short. It's just not. So. Boy, I've got a lot of pictures like that. I know. 
I could come up with some stuff, buddy. It's called a glitch in the film. It's just called something that wasn't in focus. Either that or a glitch because in the film. Because it was something in the background. Or it's a glitch from when the film was developed. Oh, my gosh. But anyway. So. It, it wasn't the digital age, people. You had to take them, get them developed, wait a couple of weeks. and <laughs> Remember how excited you were when, you're, when you got that call that your pictures were back? I know. You couldn't wait. <laughs> like, let's go get our pictures. So you'd it drive to awesome. the store and pick up your pictures. And then you'd get them and you'd look at them and, and half, like, of half of them, them were, were black. Were half of them black. were black and then like a fourth but, of them were blobs. <laughs> then the other fourth, your you eyes were red. Pic- you had actual pictures. <laughs> but your, your eyes, eyes were, were red. red and you had the devil in you, but at least you had a picture. And that's how it was and we liked it. We did. It was a simple time and it was wonderful. <laughs> It was great. It was. So I am going out on a limb right now by stating that Jack Terrence was not the Zodiac. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You're you're sure you're confident in that? I'm pretty, pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. No, he wasn't. (laughs) So the second one we're going to... Somebody just didn't like their stepdaddy. Exactly. And that's what... Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Most of these were. There were, like I said, there were some more, but I'm not going into them because they're ridiculous. Really but they were just really going to arrest him just because you said he <laughs> killed somebody? But he had the hood. And he had a, bla- a photo with a Well, I've got, I've, I've got a lot of photos. Okay, so I'm the Zodiac. <laughs> I wasn't even alive then, but it's me. <laughs> just don't upset any stepkids. That's what I'm For saying. real. No, I'm going to throw them all away. <laughs> that way nothing will ever come of it. Get, get rid of your photos. Everyone. Yes, I'll shred them. <laughs> so the second one we're going to talk about is Earl Van Best Jr. Okay. And this is probably one of the most well-known I was, Zodiac I suspects. I think that movie I watched, that was the name of the guy that was supposedly the Zodiac. It may be. It may be. Because I'm not saying that. I mean, they think they just used that name. Yeah. Well, how he became a suspect. In 2014, a guy named Gary Stewart, Mm -hmm. he wrote a book called The Most Dangerous Animal of All. And in this book... A bear. (laughs) A bear is huge and they can run 35 miles an hour, people. That is fast for a big animal. I think he's referring to humans. Or as the most dangerous animal of all. Okay. In, in particular, one human. The Zodiac? Yes. Cause he Which made, happens to be this guy? No. That they, they, they were saying was this guy. If you'll let me tell you. Okay. I, I, I'm me. getting excited. I can't help it. If you will hush for a minute, okay. I will tell you how okay. he became a suspect. Okay. Like I said, this guy named Gary Stewart wrote this book. And in this book, he made a case that his biological father, Earl Van Best Jr., was the Zodiac. Stewart said that, of course, he resembled the composite sketch of the Zodiac. That's the main thing. Okay, and it was a sketch, not yeah. an actual picture, so <laughs> the facial features may not have even been accurate. Well, it was a very accurate description. He lived in California at the time of the killings. He was interested in ciphers. 
He knew a Satanist and a Manson family member. Oh my God! And he he's liked, done he's done every murder ever. It's him. And and he liked Gilbert and Sullivan. So, you know, case closed as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. But. Best also served time in prison for the statutory rape of Stewart's mother. Okay, so that just makes him automatically the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he may have held a grudge against the San Francisco Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, who wrote a series of articles about the couple, because this couple, um, they were kind of, they kind of made the news when they ran off and got married because she was, I think, 13 at the time and he was i think 22 21 22 so they became they you know they got in the papers for a little while so this guy's saying that he probably had a grudge against paul avery and that's why he singled out avery and wrote letters to a to paul avery because okay so because he had a grudge against avery he went and killed all these people mm-hmm. i've well, got a grudge against you so i'm gonna he's kill not these saying people. that's why he killed people he's saying that that's why some of the correspondence from the zodiac was addressed to paul avery now he also claimed to have found best initials in the zodiac ciphers and a document examiner well, if i looked at it long enough i could find your initials well I I meant to do that, but I didn't have time because I was going to look for my name. I mean, I'm the, just I'm, I'm just saying. Ciphers, but yes, if you look hard enough, you can pretty much find anybody. You can tell any tell us say it's but anybody. it's not like the when they're mad when they when I will go let me go ahead and say up front when these people because we're going to be talking about a lot of names being in these ciphers. The it's not like these names or the letters are right next to each other or they're backwards. They have from to move them around. They're all over it. the ciphers. And if you look, some of if you look this stuff up, which I have a couple of times, some of them will even say, "Well, if you add this letter, no, you can't add a letter." Yeah, to all it. these people that say the names are found in the ciphers, they're not. It's not like you look at the cipher and you see this guy's initials. It's like there's maybe a B over here or a V down here or right. I mean, they're all over the place. So basically, if you tried hard enough, you, you could, could probably find, find you could anybody's. find anybody's. So anyway, but a document examiner said the handwriting on Best marriage certificate matched the zodiacs. Now, although their fingerprints didn't match, a mark that could have been a scar was visible in Best and those found in Stein's cab on the fingerprint. They both had a scar on them. Well, maybe he used the cab. <laughs> I mean, it's a cab. Well, I think the the one they're talking about is the fingerprint they found on the door frame and in blood. But, I mean, that they're just saying that they both had a scar on them, a visible scar. Now... Despite all this evidence and publicity, because this guy, he, evidence. <laughs> I'm going to call it evidence because that's what they call it. That's what he calls it is evidence. So I'm going to just go with it for now. I mean, this guy, he had, he created a lot of pu- publicity for himself. Easy for you to say. Publicity for himself. Better? Yeah. <laughs> he went around. He did the talk shows. He went. You know, so it's about on a book money. tour. Yeah, of course. And he didn't like his daddy. Well, he never really knew his daddy because he, w- well, he then was how adopted. Does he know, then how does he know it was the 
He was the Zodiac if he didn't know him. Because he knew he found out all this stuff about him. Now. Oh, my God. Experts have quickly dismissed most of these claims. You think? The method he used to crack the cipher was questionable. The fingerprint mark was similar to the Zodiac's only if it was reversed. Well, and if you turn it this way. <laughs> right. And this is this. <laughs> the handwriting on the marriage certificate was the minister's. It wasn't Bess handwriting. So, a court, so if this supposed fingerprint expert was right, then this the minister, minister is the Zodiac. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> so, <laughs> and as for best resemblance to the composite sketch, like I have said a hundred times, a crew cut with horn-rimmed glasses was hardly unique. Okay, and that's what I'm saying. And and these people resemble, but you have to realize this is not a photograph. This is somebody drawing a sketch off of somebody telling them what to draw, which may not be 100% accurate anyway. Right. So, you have to remember that. Right. So... That that's the only ones I'm doing of the this my dad did it crap because I'm not going well, my I'm dad, not wasting my, dad my time. Did it because he <laughs> I've got a picture of him. I've got a picture that I swear it shows a body in the background because it's really blurry. They say it's one of his friends asleep on the couch, but I'm beginning to I, wonder. I don't think that guy was asleep. I don't either. I I don't you know I'm beginning to think that. You know, there may be something I think, here. I think if we investigate it, we could probably find that he was the Zodiac. <laughs> so, the next suspect that we're going to talk about is a guy named Donald Lee Bujok. I think is how you say his name. Bujok. It's B-U-J-O-K. Bujok. We're going to go with it. That's what we're going to go with. If we're wrong, we're sorry. And the reason he's a suspect, the hooded man who stabbed Brian and Cecilia at Lake Berryessa. He said that he had just escaped from a prison in Montana. And according to Brian Hartnell, you know, he had escaped from Montana's Deer Lodge Penitentiary. Okay. That's not exactly what Brian Hartnell said. Because if you read the police report, what was said in the interview he gave he told the police that he told that the Zodiac told him that he had recently escaped from prison either in Montana or Colorado. He couldn't remember. And he couldn't remember the name of the prison, but he knew it was a double name. If he escaped from it, he would remember, which means it didn't happen. No, I'm saying Brian didn't remember what the guy told him. But you have to also remember, after doing these cases, I've learned a lot. One thing about the 60s and 70s, a lot of people escaped from prison (laughs) in the 60s and 70s. But my point is, Brian Hartnell never really said that for definite that the guy told him he escaped from Montana's Deer Lodge prison. That's not what he said. Okay. The policeman kind of kept questioning him. He's like, well, was it this place? And he's like, no, that doesn't sound right. And finally they got around. He's like, well, was it Deer Lodge? And he's like, yeah, I think that's what it was. So he didn't really say it was. No. He just said, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he really, he's like, when he said, he's like, you know, it was something that, you know, I know it was like a double name type place. But first of all, he didn't know. morphine. He didn't and... know for sure. Right. He didn't know for sure if it was Montana or Colorado. 
and he didn't really know the name of the prison. Did the guy even tell him that, or was the morphine he just dreamed it? Like I know. I think that he no. I think he told him that he had escaped from prison because he did. That was part of his first initial statement before the ambulance came. Now this, where he actually named the prison, this interview took place. At, well, when he was in the hospital, like a he was in day pain or two later, and bleeding to death. Right. So either way, he could have. I mean, he told him he escaped from a prison. Brian just could not remember for sure which one it was. Well, Brian should know because him and the Zodiac became real good friends. <laughs> so anyway, they can get Eric. They can have a good time. According a researcher named Kevin Robert Brooks, he um he had learned that this guy. Donald Lee Bujak. He had actually been released in 1968 from Deer Lodge Prison. He had served 11 years of a life sentence for killing a sheriff's deputy. Okay. So apparently life is only 11 years. So according to Brooks, fellow inmates said that this Bujak had talked about killing people and to make them slaves in the afterlife, as mentioned in a Zodiac because letter. Crazy. Well, who knows if that even really happened. Brooks claimed the Halloween card sent to reporter Paul Avery depicted harsh conditions at the prison and that Boo, you know how it said Boo on the inside, referenced Boo Jock's name. Real, they are coming up with, in, they are pulling things out of their hat. <laughs> Boo Jock had been discharged from the Army for mental health reasons. And Brooks alleged that markings on some of the Zodiac envelopes spelled out Zodiac is a veteran with 4F. <laughs> Again. <laughs> if you look hard enough, you can find anything. In Brooks, <laughs> Brooks also speculated that the Zodiac's signature crossed circle symbol was inspired by the helicopter landing pad at Fort Ord, California, where Bujak had been stationed. Or any or helicopter any. <laughs> landing pad across the world. Exactly. Now, or across hairs in a sight. Exactly. I mean, you know, have you ever looked through a sight? Look through one. Tell me what exactly what it looks like. Now, Bujak's fingerprints did not match those believed to be the Zodiacs. And a park ranger at Lake Berryessa claimed Hartnell said the prison was in Colorado, not in Montana. Which, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm saying. He kind of got crossed up. Now, Bujak was released just three days before the Zodiac's Lake Herman Road killings. And some researchers think that he would have had difficulty traveling across three states in that time. Which, who knows if that, that's not really, that's just a speculation. Who knows well, if he I could mean, have or not. He could have because my guess is he would probably would have had to have hitched tight. Right. And not everybody's going to pick him up. So it would have taken him probably, even from Montana, it could have taken him a week. Yeah, depending. To get a, to get there, yeah, where the murders occurred. Now, Bujak, he was in prison during the Bates murder, and other early killings that may have been the Zodiacs. He got somebody else to do it. He paid them and yeah. said, "Hey, call yourself the Zodiac and write these letters, <laughs> so that when and I get out of prison, I get out. <laughs> I'll take this thing over, and you'll be you'll be free. You won't have to. You'll worry be good about to go, <laughs> and they'll pin it on me, and we'll. That's why he had so much time to write those letters. Right. Because when it first started, he was still in prison. Right. Duh. <laughs> so, 
I'm going to go out on another limb. First of all, Earl Van Best Jr., there's no way in no. God's green earth and he is the Zodiac Killer. No. I do not believe that Donald Lee Bujak is the Zodiac Killer. No. No. This, these, this is all just... Every one of these is total speculation. It's just people wanting to get their name put in with the Zodiac because it's a famous case. It will always be famous and they want to be known. Yeah. And they think they can get documentaries and book deals and all this and make money off of something that's not, they don't even have anything to do with. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Stop it. (laughs) Just quit it, people. Just stop. Just stop. Stop it. So now we're going to get into probably what is a list of the main suspects, the most well-known suspects, the ones that everybody talks about. Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's start. Let me see here. Let's start with Richard Marshall or Rick Rick Marshall. Now, he was a ham radio operator and movie projectionist. Automatically Zodiac. That that that's it right there. All right, goodbye, good night, everybody. Well, See I you next week. It. See you later. He lived in Riverside in 1966. Okay, which is the year that Sherry Jo Bates was murdered. Okay, again, she may or may not be a zodiac. I was going to say that, that has there's no definitive evidence of that. And later lived in San Francisco near where Stein was murdered. Okay. Visitors visitors to his home told police they found him pecu- peculiar. Now, if you found somebody he's odd, a ham radio guy, <laughs> of course he's peculiar. Have you ever met any of these people? Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> We don't have any ham radio listeners. Well, the, let's put the ones I have met. <laughs> let's put it that way. All the ones you 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 have met are like Rick Marshall. All the other ones are probably the ones that listen to this show are probably. Well, cool. I don't know. I haven't met them, but they're, probably they're, pro- they're probably they probably cool. listen to us, so, so they're probably got to be. cool, right? I, okay, I'll admit I've only met two. <laughs> So you're just basing, you're generalizing this whole population well, you know, of ham radio operators. One you really can't say, but when you meet two and they both act alike, <laughs> you think you've got a large I, enough. Um, I, th- I think I do. I think okay. I've studied it enough. Okay, I'm kidding, people. Y'all are great. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> My thing about this is. If you think somebody's peculiar, why are you going to their home if you think they're weird? Well, they didn't know until after they went to their home. Well, why did they go to his home? 
is my point. Like, they were how asked, did they, they know? They were asked over for a ham radio party. <laughs> well, if they're... <laughs> Never mind. So, this, like I said, they told police know. that they found him peculiar and that he had talked about finding something much more ex- exciting than sex. It sounds like some odd conversations Dude, they were I, having, I, I, probably I, at an acid party. In I was just fixing to say, <laughs> in the late this 60s. ham operator actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> hey, well, if you got something more exciting than sex. He liked old movies, including The Red Phantom, which, as you remember, was mentioned in the 74 Zodiac letter. That's how he signed off. And he lived in a basement apartment, and... Which the Zodiac also cited because he said, you know, he when he was talking about his bomb, he's like, you don't know if it's at the location or if it's stashed in my basement. Okay, but how many people lived on a bottom, like in the bottom apartment? Well, actually, I mean, in, in different places. Actually, in California, basements are not that common. They're pretty rare in California. Okay, but there had to have been more than one. Well, I'm sure. There was. I, I know for a fact there's more than one. I mean. <laughs> but I'm just saying this. Is, we're going through why these people are suspects. A basement? He he lived there. Makes you a He sus- lived in a basement. The letter said the bomb may be in my so basement. So he's the bomb. <laughs> yes. He is the bomb. That's how it can move and follow the buses. <laughs> Yes, it was just. It wasn't a smart bomb. It no, was just a man. It was just his fat ass strapped with dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> no, basically. that's basically what it was. Suicide bomber. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Rick Marshall. He's the bomb. That's where that saying came from. <laughs> In case you didn't know. There you go, people. History. <laughs> He also owned a typewriter and a teletype similar to those the Zodiac used to make to write his letters and to make think the maybe cryptogram. Maybe they made more than one, you know, just to <laughs> just make a profit. Just to make a profit. <laughs> the company made more than one typewriter. You know, we can only sell that one because that's all we made. <laughs> <laughs> now, like Zodiac, Rick Marshall also liked to use felt-tip pens. Which, again... <laughs> And he liked to use odd-sized paper. What do you got to say about that? They're odd. <laughs> so there's two odd guys in the world. Uh, no, there's more both, than that. Who both own typewriters. Yeah, there's probably more than that. <laughs> I mean, are you serious right now? Yeah, I'm pretty serious. And as far as the felt-tip pens go, really? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that use felt tip pens, but that are, but yes, they're but but that are odd, and that both love the movie The Red Phantom, and okay, The Red Phantom was a, a popular movie, and everybody owned a typewriter in the '60s, and that are peculiar. Well, a lot My of people were is, peculiar in the '60s. How do too. they know the Zodiac was peculiar? They never met him. See. <laughs> See? Hmm. Maybe just judging by his letters. Yeah, but that's just him <laughs> trying to be funny. I think it is him trying to be funny. <laughs> and whine about he's some probably, buttons. I mean, they're all looking for these odd dudes that are... And he's I'm, probably, I'm telling you, he's a scientist <laughs> somewhere, like, looks normal, 
would never guess that he went out and killed people. And they're somebody looking for the wrong You would thing. never suspect, right? <laughs> He's some very intelligent guy. Who's got some like awesome job, <laughs> but he's bored at it, so right. he goes out and kills right. people. So he's bored because, he, yeah, I bet so because he's a genius and right. geniuses get bored. They easy. do. That's why they invent video games and stuff like this, <laughs> so they have something to do. Okay, so and don't kill people. <laughs> don't go out and kill people though. Just don't do play it. video games. Don't do it, people. Now, in 1989, Rick Marshall gave a TV interview where he did concede that there were many similarities between himself and the Zodiac, but he said he wasn't the Zodiac. Now, Napa County Sheriff's Detective Ken Narlow, you remember us talking about him with Mm -hmm. Blake Berryessa, he was in charge of that investigation, he pursued the case for decades, and he said that Marshall makes, um, you know, for a good reading, but not a very good suspect. Right. Marshall died in a nursing home in 2008. So, uh, really, there is nothing that had ruled him out other than Ken Narlow saying that he didn't think it was him. And the fact that if any of these officers would have thought that it was him, there would have been, they would have ran his fingerprints or anything to rule him out. So, just the fact that he was a peculiar guy that owned a typewriter. Well, I know there's peculiar people <laughs> everywhere, but that don't mean they murder people. Yeah. It, I mean, that's not evidence. No, it's not. And who doesn't want to find something more exciting than sex? I mean, for real. <laughs> I mean, sex is exciting. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, if you've got something more exciting. Right. So, the next guy we're going to talk about is Lawrence Larry Kane. Everybody thinks, everybody calls him Larry. 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 Kane worked in the same Lake Tahoe hotel as Donna Lass. And if you'll remember, Donna Lass was the nurse who went missing from Lake Tahoe. Okay. Um, who had also lived in San Francisco. Okay. And remember, they got that card from the Zodiac that they thought referred to her abduction and murder. All right. So, um, he served in the Naval Reserves where he might have learned coding. He may have. We're not sure if he did or not, but he may have. (laughs) And in 1962, he had a car accident where he suffered a huge brain injury that compromised his ability to control his urges. He was arrested as a peeping Tom in 1961 and arrested again for prowling in 1968. Which is a long way from murdering. You can see that he's just, he's building. Yeah, whatever. He goes from peeping to prowling, then straight to murder. No. Yeah, it happens. Now, a retired police detective that was investigating the case in the 1980s, he claimed that Kane's name was un- embedded in one of the Zodiac ciphers. Of course ciphers. it was. They all are. Mine is. Look it up. <laughs> We're going to look it up and look find it up. <laughs> We're going to look I it up. I will find my name in that cipher. <laughs> I, I honestly meant to do that this afternoon, and I got busy at work and forgot. So... He also claimed that Darlene's sister had identified a photo of Kane as the man she said that had bothered Darlene at a restaurant. 
we know that's not true because that was the guy named George that the police had cleared. Now, a San Francisco police officer who probably saw the Zodiac moments after Stein's murder, which we're talking about Officer Fout. Right. He said that Kane's photo was closer than any other likeness he had seen. But? But, when we get to his actual... Because his, his description of that suspect changed from the night that he saw him to when he did his report, or when he added that to the report, to when he saw this picture, like 20, 20 30 years later. Okay. Kathleen Johns, you'll remember, she was the one who had escaped the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um... And claimed that it was the same person that was in the sketch from the Palestine murder. She also identified a photo of Kane as her abductor. Again, I am not 1,000% convinced that Zodiac was responsible for Kathleen John's abduction. And, again, like I've said... Officer Falk's description has changed. So, there, as far, I mean, nothing has actually ruled him out, really. So, the next guy we're going to talk about is Richard Gajkowski. Gajkowski. Geik, as he is known. Geik. Geik. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's Geik. 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 Okay. Now, Gajkowski, he edited a counterculture newspaper in San Francisco known as Good Times. Now, the way Gajkowski came to the attention of the police was that a former co-worker sent long, rambling letters to law enforcement accusing him of being the Zodiac. Kind of like the Zodiac did to the... Yes. Hmm. This guy... His nickname, his nickname and the guy, the name that he goes, is known by is Goldcatcher. Goldcatcher? Yes. Maybe Goldcatcher is actually the Zodiac. <sighs> well, he claimed that Gajkowski invited him to engage in violent acts with him. Now, this accuser, Goldcatcher, he appeared on an episode of History Channel's Mystery Quest in 2009. But he won't, he wouldn't appear unless he was in disguise. Are you kidding me? Nobody cares. Because you're the Zodiac, aren't you? (laughs) Go ahead. Admit it. You're the Zodiac. So he provided recordings of Gajkowski's voice. And on the show, a police dispatcher who spoke to the Zodiac, we're talking about Nancy Slover, Mm -hmm. she said that she thought that it was the same voice. But how do we know it's not? This was gold. Whatever his name is. Yeah, how do we know for sure that that's Gajkowski's voice just because, he said first it of was. all, because Goldcatcher said it was. Right. How do we know that that's the I truth? I think it's Goldcatcher's voice. How do we, this plus, this was 40 years later after she had heard that voice. I'm not saying that, I just think that it's... It's questionable. It's a questionable. I'm not going to doubt her because I would think with something like that, that'd be something you may never forget. Because well, he's I can saying see that, that he just murdered people. But there's no way I would just believe some guy off the street that, okay, this is this guy's voice. Just because I say it just is. Just because I say right. it is. Now, 
like I said, she thought that it was the same voice. Now, researcher Tom Voigt also notes that Geik appears in part of the cipher. But, the way it appears in the cipher is G-Y-K-E, Geik. You can't look. Now, there is, Geikowski did use the nickname Geik. That's right. the name that he went by sometimes. I mean, like, that was his nickname. But he always spelled it G-A-I-K, which is a, just a shortened version of his last name. Right. He never spelled it G-Y-K-E. And as we've mentioned before, you can find anything, anything you want in the ciphers. for it. And just because he found Geik that spelled G-Y-K-E, that proves absolutely nothing. zero. It proves nothing. It's not evidence. It's just, hey, here I found this. Right. I could it's find, not I evidence could, I could of find, anything. I could find little pink elephants fly through the forest <laughs> if I looked hard enough. I mean, come on, people. Now, now another thing about Gakowski, and, and re, a reason that they think that he may be the Zodiac, was because it appears that he might have had an obsession with Darlene Farron. Okay. And simply because Darlene Farron had moved to Albany, New York for a little while. Okay. Now, when she moved to Albany, New York, Richard Gajkowski moved to Albany, New York also. Okay. So, I mean, did he follow her there? He also worked, when they were in Albany, New York, worked at the same office building that her husband at the time worked at. Okay. So, was he obsessed with her? Is, is it just a coincidence that they both moved to Albany, New York at the same time? Well, I mean, that's still, Is though, the fact that he may have been obsessed with Darlene Farron, does that mean, automatically mean he's the Zodiac Killer? No. Now, according to a close friend of Richard Gajkowski's, he stated that Geik was was in Albany, New York in late 1968 at the time of the Lake Herman Road killings. Okay. Now, he had come back in time for the July 4th killings at Blue Rock Springs. Okay, so are these people just getting people to kill for them? Or they see the like murders and they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to pick that up? Mm. No. No. I mean, come on, people. There's no DNA match. There's no fingerprint match. I mean, there's really nothing. (laughs) No. There's nothing other than the fact that Nancy Slover did say she recognized his voice. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. First of all, we don't we, know we're not 100% voice. sure that it was his voice, first of all. Right. Now, I will say that a coincidence is that, you know, he was the editor of the Good Times magazine. Now, one of their buildings that they used as a, it wasn't really where they produced Good Times, but it, it was one of the buildings where they um, took in donations and stuff for the homeless people that, you know, because the, their thing was they were trying to help all the homeless hippies that everybody had come into San Francisco. Right. And there were a lot of kids living on the streets. Because right. Because they came to San Francisco, didn't have money, didn't have anywhere to stay. So they were trying to help those people out. So this was a place that they took in donations for the, those purposes. Now, that location was only a few doors down from Paul Stein's house. Okay. Again, again, that doesn't mean he that's had not... Other, he had other neighbors. <laughs> he did. I'm just putting all this out there. I mean... So it's not evidence. It's just coincidences. Now, I know when you get a lot of coincidences adding up, it may turn into cir- something circumstantial. But I would... There's no... But you but, could do that with pretty much right, anybody. Which is if what people you, have done with all of these. If you searched hard enough, you could find circle, circumstantial evidence. I can't even talk. Evidence. Circumstantial evidence against anybody. Right. And the fact that his name was in the cipher, that means I can tell you that if you find that any... That right there is zero means zero to me. I've got a, I've got a homework assignment for everybody listening. <laughs> Go online and get one of these ciphers. Go find the Zodiac ciphers. And I guarantee you, if you search hard enough, you will find your name in it. And I just, like I said, the hard, the stuff that matters to me rules him out. Yeah. So, he didn't do it. No. It's not him. The fact that, you know, I mean, I will say he wasn't the Zodiac. Now... Did he kill Darlene Farron? I don't know. But I do know that he is not the Zodiac. No. Okay. So, what kind of rule has ruled Geik, Geikowski out? Is the fact that Goldcatcher is the actual <laughs> Zodiac. Goldcatcher was a known conspiracy theorist See? who had little cre- credibility. And... And a police, a San Francisco police inspector actually described him as one of the three top Zodiac kooks in the world. I know, because he is the Zodiac. So out of as many Zodiac he was kooks the number as there one. are. He was the number one because he was the actual Zodiac. So like that's how he became number one. That, I mean, you know. Did they asked him about some buttons. No, I bet that could have set him off right there. <laughs> then they would have known. His eye starts twitching. I didn't get no, no button. <laughs> get the button. Now, when Narlo, the Napa detective, interviewed Gikowski, the journalist claimed he was out of the country at the time of the Lake Herman Road How murders. How convenient. <laughs> but he had lost his passport, so he didn't have any way to prove it. How now, convenient. <laughs> San Francisco and Napa police both denied requests to compare a DA sample from Gajkowski to the Zodiacs. And he died in 2004. 
So mm-hmm. he was never officially ruled out. But like these other suspects, he was never really officially investigated by any because real by any real um police agency because it is a waste of time if they investigated everybody that everybody is saying done this they would still be investigating people well i mean there's a reason there's a reason that they don't investigate well i'm not saying they didn't investigate him what i'm saying is that there was not when they did investigate i guess i should have reworded that what i mean is when they looked into these people there was not enough evidence for them to justify moving forward with any of the tests to rule them out right let me put it that way. Right. That's what. I, yeah. Let me. Don't. Let, I don't want to make it out like they didn't yeah. even bother looking Gold into it. Catcher. <laughs> how Gold do you come catcher. About, how do you come about a name like that? Because you name yourself Gold Catcher, just like the Zodiac named himself See, Zodiac. I, there's so much pointing to him being the Zodiac. He could be. I mean, he sent rambling I'm going on letters right now. It's it's Gold Catcher. I mean, he's sending rambling letters to the news media. Well, no, he sent them to law enforcement. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, he, but the Zodiac sent them to the news mm-hmm. media, which in a way was to law enforcement, just through the news media. Yes, because he wanted more exposure. Right. This one got to go on TV because he wasn't calling himself the Zodiac. So he that's was, more exposure than the Zodiac. He was in would. disguise, though. So he wasn't but exposed. But he still got exposure. And the reason he didn't want his face to be seen is because he is the Zodiac and he knew somebody could recognize him. Brian, I mean, him and Brian had a good conversation. So. I'm not saying that it's the craziest theory I've ever heard, honestly. I mean... <laughs> I think it was Goldcatcher. I'm not saying it's the craziest thing I've heard. Because I've heard some doozies. <laughs> I think but, I think it makes sense. I could have worded it a little better. No, but. I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's a good, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not impossible. Let me put it that way. So, the next guy we're going to talk about is old Ross Sullivan. Sullivan. And this is a guy that a lot of people think is the guy. I will tell you in a few minutes why it's absolutely, he's absolutely not, but (laughs) we will go. (laughs) Well, I can, I can go ahead and rest assured that most of the people on this are not going to be the Zodiac because they're not in jail for the Zodiac murders. All the gold catcher. But he wasn't being investigated. No, he was not. He just was shining the light on somebody that he thought should be investigated. Wanted to be in the limelight. I know who it is. Think about it. I'm telling you, it's him. It could be. So, the 1966 murder of Sherry Jo Bates. This is where we've got to go to tie Ross Sullivan into all of this. A murder that we don't even know is... For sure was a Zodiac murder. A Zodiac murder that's going to tie him into the Zodiac murders? Yes. Now, a lot of people say that it had a lot of similarities to the Zodiac killings. Actually, the killing did not really have a lot of similarities to the actual Zodiac killings. What it had in common... They both ended up dead? (laughs) Well, that, and the fact that the letters were written afterwards to the police and... But a lot of people who kill people do that. Or they call the police. Different ones do different things. Right. Now, staffers at the RCC library near where Sherry's body was found and where she had been before she was mm-hmm. murdered said that a co-worker, Ross Sullivan, had made them uncomfortable 
and had disappeared for several days after the murder. Sullivan also sported a crew cut and glasses similar to the composite sketch of the Zodiac. He, like I said, he was living in Riverside in 66. Now, he moved to Northern California the next year in 1967 and was hospitalized several times for a bipolar disorder and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. Now, Sullivan often wore an army jacket and military-style boots. Now, the thing about that is there was a military-style boot found at Lake Berryessa, and there was a military-style boot found boot parent found at the murder scene of Sherry Joe Bates. Okay, and that may very well be, but during the 60s, mm-hmm. there was so much Army surplus from the guys coming home when they would come home from Vietnam. You could find it anywhere. Right. Now, the the people that believe that Ross Sullivan may have been involved, they also point out that the his letters from the Zodiac mention the Mikado by Gilbert and Sullivan, which could be a reference to Ross Sullivan's name. Or it could just be a huge coincidence. It could just be the person <laughs> who had... Really? They have the same last name. Right. So it's obviously him. Because I mean, his so last does name Ed Sullivan. Sullivan. Does that make him a murderer, too? God damn it, it was Ed Sullivan. <laughs> Jesus. Get real, people. Now... We started I'm, out with Warren Beatty, now we're down to Ed <laughs> Sullivan. We're, we're getting around. We know Hollywood is, we know I mean, that they've I know always y'all had a little their, freaky out we, there. They've but, always had their fingers in everything. We know y'all a little freaky out there. Jeez. <laughs> always had their fingers in everything. Now, I'm going to tell you why Ross Sullivan is not the Zodiac because Killer. Because there's no evidence <laughs> to prove that he's the Zodiac Killer. First of all, he does. For, he doesn't match any of the. I mean, I know we had a lot of descriptions. Ross Sullivan was a huge individual. He he was just big. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Man, he was big. Tiny Elvis. Tiny Elvis. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have to be old to know that reference. I, a lot of you are not going to get a that. A lot of you. Some of you are age love may not. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. I just have to say that he is. He's the best. Oh, yes, he's, he's, he's oh. out of his fucking mind, but it's incredible. Oh my God. Yes, it is. <laughs> he's out of his fucking mind. Love him, but he's amazing. Um, he, I mean, he weighed close to three hundred pounds. Wow, I think that they would notice if yeah. that was the zodiac. <laughs> I don't think Brian would have had any problem guessing right. the stature and. Wait. And on that alone, I'm going to tell you right now that it wasn't him. You think? Because it there's just no there's no way that he would be mistaken for someone that was anywhere from 180 to 230 That's pounds. Saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't mistake. I mean, it's dark, but it's not that dark. <laughs> so he would cast a big shadow. Another reason that I don't think Ross Sullivan was the killer was the Zodiac, anyway. Was because he wasn't able to drive a car. He, that would make he it did a not drive. Hard. It's also reported that he was locked in a psychiatric hospital at the time of the Lake Berryessa murders. He was friends with Eric. And partial fingerprints, a per, sample of the partial fingerprint didn't match the Zodiacs. Okay. So I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not him. None of these people were. <laughs> None of them. 
I mean, I know that Ed a lot Sullivan of people. Sullivan is safe now. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people that are on this Ross Sullivan bandwagon, Leave but I these just poor do, people alone. I just don't believe it was him. Leave them alone. And now he died in '77, I believe, probably from stress, which from people means... thinking he killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had a lot of health issues also. Well, he not weighed just, 300 and Not just pounds. mentally. No, you know, not just mental. I mean, he had other health he issues. He would have had a heart attack probably walking <laughs> down that hill at the... <laughs> at like there he is. <laughs> I'm not being ugly. I mean, he I'm very just, well may have. I'm just saying they would have caught him right then because he'd been dead. Right. And then none of this would be happening today. Right. So, I mean, he he had a lot of health issues. Yes, he was at the place where Sherry Jo Bates, he worked at the library. But that don't make him a killer. It doesn't make him a killer. And, I mean, he very well could have killed Sherry Jo Bates. But even if that's true, that doesn't make him the Zodiac. That doesn't make him the Zodiac killer. I mean, I've worked in places where people have died. That don't mean I killed them. <laughs> But were you acting peculiar? Always that peculiar. That's the key. That's the key. Always that peculiar. You have to be acting peculiar for it to come to some. Maybe they attention. didn't realize I was acting peculiar because well, maybe, I always act peculiar. Yeah, I guess so. I guess even they're even like, well, that's just her. She's yeah, just that's, that's just, just her. her. So she was acting normally, even though it was peculiar. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but my point is. That even if, which I don't think Ross Sullivan killed Sherry Jo Bates, I it is my belief that Sherry Jo Bates was killed by her ex-boyfriend. And I could be 1,000% totally wrong on that, but that's just what I think. And I don't think that it had anything to do with the Zodiac killings, and I think that the Zodiac just took credit for it. Why not? <laughs> I mean... If you get caught, you're going to die anyway. Which we're going to so get to my not? theory in a few minutes, which ties into exactly what the Zodiac would do, in my it's gold in my, opin- in my opinion. So I don't think it's Ross Sullivan either. So that leaves us with the main man. You know him. You love him. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. You all have thought he was the Zodiac for I years and think, years I and think, years I still and years. Think he may be. We but are, I'm leaning more towards Goldcatcher now. <laughs> because there's just so much going on with Goldcatcher. Yeah. That is weird. It's it, it's weird. But he's a weird guy. So well, like we we were just sitting here talking about, you know, you can't just go off because somebody's peculiar. No, I would have well, to he's have peculiar. But that I would have mean to have the evidence, Zodiac. but I'm just going on the way he wrote the letters. Mm-hmm. The Zodiac did the same thing. Right. You know, he's... He had the tape of the voice that Nancy Slover said. And it very well could have been his, his voice. voice where he recorded right. we it. We have no idea other than his word and that's of knowing whose lean- voice that is. Right, that's why I'm leaning towards that. Okay. And he didn't want to be seen. Right. Why would you care about being seen... Well, Just because you're accusing somebody else of committing murders. Right. So, who knows? I don't know. But I do know that we are about to talk about Mr. Arthur Lee Allen. <laughs> and this, sound giddy. <laughs> this is everybody who knows anything about the Zodiac case, who's ever heard about the Zodiac case. Everybody knows that this was the suspect um, that Robert Gray Smith 
wrote the whole Zodiac book around. Yep. His main purpose for writing that book, other than to make money... Was to try and prove was this to- guy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Was to say that his suspect was the guy. This is the guy that they accused in the 2007 movie Zodiac. So Everybody guess, so, knows this guy. So guess guess what he did. He didn't necessarily tell the whole truth to make it look like it was this guy. Oh, we're going to get to the book here oh, in God. a few minutes. We we may have we may be here a while because <laughs> we are going to go into that book <laughs> in just a minute. Something tells me you're not going to give a good review. Of the I book am. <laughs> now here is I'm going to tell go through some stuff that is true. About Arthur Lee Allen. Okay. This is stuff that is true. Okay. He did own a Zodiac brand watch that had that symbol on it. Okay. Because that was what the Zodiac watch company used as their logo. Well, yeah. Now, he did own a twenty-two caliber gun. I will say this right now. That's everybody, the most common gun everybody anybody buys. If some, everybody and their brother who has guns, I can promise they you. They've got at least one Has one twenty two gun in their, I have, I have in their house. I have two. <laughs> I have two. Um, now, he was um, less than honorably discharged from the Navy. A lot of people were. And he had been fired from his school teacher job. Because there were allegations of sexual misconduct. Okay, now that's a little messed up. Well, I mean, he is a convicted child molester. That's and a he did up. he did molest, but Dude. his that's what he was. He was a molester of young boys. He didn't. That don't make I'm, that as bad as that is. I mean, it's I mean horrible. that's bad. It does not make him a killer. No, it does not. I'm sorry. He's he was, not John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> now he had also. He was born left-handed, but he okay. was forced when he was young to write with so his right ambide- hand. So, so he, he was, was ambidextrous. That is true. I'm just trying to point out the stuff. That is true. But, again, a lot of people are. They just don't always show that they are. Right. <laughs> I mean, really, and, this stuff, honestly, is not proven to me that he killed anybody. And he was in jail on his on the child molesting charges when there was a break in the communication that came from the zodiac until it started up again in 73 okay, remember but, there was that time between 71 and 73 that there was no communication okay okay now he was in prison during that time okay but and i will tell you right now that's pretty much where the truth ends as okay. far as him none being a of suspect. That, none of that proves that he killed anybody. Right. None Plus, of it. Plus, his palm print didn't match the one found on the Zodiac letter. His fingerprint didn't match the one found on the cab. Oh, but he's the killer. The DNA profile they created, created in 2002 from a saliva on an envelope that they believe to be a zodiac envelope 
they believed it to be. Okay. Didn't match. Police actually questioned him in 1969 and again in 1971. Okay. But yet he didn't go to prison for No, he didn't murder. And there were they conducted two searches of Allen's home and found nothing incriminating. They obtained samples of his right hand of him writing with his right hand and him writing with his left hand and neither matched the zodiac letters. So far you've proven that he's not the killer. Well, yeah, I have. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much not. So this is where I want, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to get into the book because I have to go through the, the book to point out the lies that Graysmith told to point toward Arthur Lee Allen to get to what my theory is on what happened with this case. So in this book, Robert Graysmith, which he was actually born Robert Gray as his middle name, Smith Jr., but he changed his name to Graysmith, his last name to Graysmith, right before he released his book in 1986. Okay. Now, he claims in this book that he first began writing about the Zodiac in around, around 1980, and the book was finally published by St. Martin's Press in 1986. But that's not true. Okay. He actually had written a book before this that was supposed to come out around 1980. And in this book, he had a whole different suspect. He had a suspect that he referred to as Andrew Todd Walker, which he does mention in his second book. He does go through some evidence that Andrew Todd Walker was a suspect. Now, this Andrew Todd Walker was actually a guy... Right. His real name was William Joseph Grant. Okay. Now, Grant, he was an openly gay movie buff who collected pornographic films as well as classic films. Um, he apparently liked to pick up men in public places. So he had been being harassed by Sheriff Solano County Deputy Les Lundblad. Okay. Who was the one that was in charge of the Lake Herman Road murders, if you remember. Yeah. Now... He routinely harassed Grant and was basically trying, he basically tried to pin anything he could on him just because he didn't, he was openly gay. It was 19, it was the 1960s. Les Lombat was not into gay men, so he didn't like it, so he harassed this guy a lot. But there is absolutely no record that William Joseph Grant ever harmed anyone. Okay. Now... And I think that's why his first book was never published. Because, I mean, it was set to go. They had already had promotions for it. It had already been, you know, advertised. Mm -hmm. But it was mysteriously canceled at the last minute. I mean, at the last moment. It was supposed to be published by Norton Publishing. And they, W.W. Norton, under the title, This is the Zodiac Speaking. And okay. like I said, the Chronicle even began publicizing the book. It was due in bookstores in 1981, and then mysteriously it was just dropped. Okay. Now, according to claims 
made later by Gray Smith and other evidence that came to light after the fact, he admitted that he was very deeply involved in writing his book at least as early as January of 1972. So that's a long time before 1980. Yeah. So that's one lie he told, that he had to go back and change when people called him out on it. So we know that he had at least been investigating this since 1972. Right. Which was kind of really in the middle of when it was happening. Yeah. Because, I mean, during that year, there weren't any Zodiac letters, but he had worked at the Chronicle while every letter had come in. There were letters that came in after 1972. Yeah. So he was he was up to his neck in all this. Right. Way before he wanted to say that he was. So my question on that is why? Why did it matter what year you started investigating this? Other than the fact that you didn't want anybody to know that you had a suspect that you thought was guilty before Arthur Lee Allen. And you had, and there was a, there's a reason that book was canceled. And my guess is because W.W. Norton did some fact checking and realized that there was nothing really proving that William Joseph Grant was the Zodiac. Right. So he had to come up with a different suspect. Yeah. And that suspect ended up being Arthur Lee Allen. So in the new book that Everybody knows as Zodiac. First of all, let me say this. It's obvious when looking, when reading this book, which I had read years and years ago. I've read it several times. I've listened to it on Audible several times. So I know this book very well. Now, when I was reading the police reports, mm-hmm. it's obvious that Gray Smith had access to these police reports when he was writing this book. Okay. But it's also obvious, painfully obvious, that he changed facts, he changed dates, he changed times, he changed the names of the people that's even talking about in those reports. But I know that he was going off of those reports because a lot of the descriptions are word for word what came off of the police report. Okay. So I know that's what he used. It's painfully I mean, we know that he had the reports. And that's what he used to write the book. But you can't, and I believe that the reason that he probably figured that no one would ever find out all the discrepancies because in his mind, he never dreamed that the public would have access to those police reports. Right. So there would never be any way for him to be called out on any of this because who's, I mean, who could foresee those reports being released back in 1986 right okay Mm -hmm. now i'm going to give some examples of this i'm not just pulling i'm not just saying this i mean there there's proof of this and we're going to start going through this i'm not going to go sit here and go through the entire book and point out every single thing wrong because if i did we would be here for hours okay I can't do that. I yeah, know that. I wish to God I could because I would love to just sit here for hours and go through this, but I know that I can't. So we're, we're I'm just going to hit some points, okay? And I'm going to give some examples of 
where he stretches the truth to where he changes stuff okay. and doesn't really tell the entire truth or makes stuff up and adds it to the police reports. Okay. And just inserts stuff that didn't even happen. All right. Now, the first thing I want to point out is you remember back on episode one when we were talking about the Lake Herman Road murders. Yes. And I told you the story of the guy and his girlfriend mm-hmm. that were out where he was adjusting the motor on her sport, on her sports car. Yeah. And they, you know, they saw the guy stop and started backing up. Okay. And I told you that it freaked him out. Well, yeah. Because the way it was described was that the car started backing up toward them with excruciating slowness. And there was such menace, such an aura of malignancy about the actions that the youth put his date's car in gear and took off at high speed. Okay. That's what's written in the book. However... When you go to read the police report, this guy in the police report, he admits that he didn't, it wasn't a big deal to him. He did, somebody did stop, that he kind of freaked out a little bit. He he did drive off before they, before the people asked him if, I'm assuming it was someone that probably was wondering if they needed help because they're stopped beside the road with their hood up. Right. Looking at the motor. Right. And in this police report, in his statement, he said that he didn't even think anything else about it until he saw on the news where people were, where they were asking if anybody had been out on the, in that area that night. Right. And okay. had seen anything. Okay. So it's not like he was freaked out of his mind about it. He just came forward to tell them that, hey, I was out there and this car stopped and started backing up and I just left. Okay, right, yeah. I mean, it's not, it wasn't anything menacing to that boy. He didn't even think anything about it after that, after they left. So it's just kind of, and I'm just pointing it out because it's just an example of him just exaggerating the truth. I was just fixing to say, I think he's putting into that his own feelings about when you hear that of Right. How you may think, oh and God. And the thing about the reason. Knowing what we know now, but they didn't know that. Then. Right. And it, and in the, I mean, he didn't even, the boy, it did not, I mean, it's not like him and his girlfriend were freaked out over it or thought there was any anything menacing about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. The only reason it sounds menacing now is because we know. Right. That two people were murdered there. Then they didn't know that. Right. So for him to add that. It just exaggerates it, and it makes it sound like that that's what that kid told the police. Right. And it's not. It's what it's just totally made up. Right, yeah. Now, the next lie he tells. Okay. And this is something else that is just totally made up. He says, quote, after Betty Lou and David had a Coke at Mr. Ed's. That is purely made up. You remember we talked about Mr. Ed's that there's that's not no not one person ever came forward with any information about where David and Betty were or Betty Lou were between the time they left Sharon's house at 9 p.m. and the time that they 
were first sighted out on Lake Herman Road, which would have been about 10:15. There has never been one soul that came forward with any information of where they were at that out in that hour. Okay. Nobody knows where they were. Or I mean, I'm sure somebody knows where they well, were. Yeah, but nobody did, But nobody, nobody has anything. come forward to tell anybody where they were. And there's got to be a reason for that. A reason for that in my opinion. Because why, I mean, they had to be somewhere. Yeah. They had to be seen by somebody, I would think. And another part that is not really true is the part that tells where he's talking about in the book that the the spot where Betty Lou and David were parked was kind of like a lover's lane i don't really believe that first of all because it's not private at all yeah it's right in a curve where we know lights were shining in the car constantly and it was also not it was not on a secluded road like they tries to tell on here because even by his own timeline and by how many people were going up and down that road Every five minutes. Right. Because you can go through the police report and even through his book and say, so-and-so saw this here then. And there's a lot of traffic on this road that night. Right. It was not a secluded place. And I don't believe, I don't believe that David and Betty went out there to catch up, (laughs) so to speak. Because... David had told his little his sister earlier that night that they were planning on going out there because other they had heard some other people were going out there. I do not believe they went out there to be alone. They were out there to meet somebody. Right. Now, for what purposes, I don't know. They weren't. I do not believe that they were there for a lover's lane session. No. First of all, because it, God and everybody could see them. Right. Yeah. It was not secluded. There were people going down the road every five to ten minutes. That, to me, is not make for a lover's lane. No, because a lover's lane would be somewhere where there's not a lot of traffic. Where every light coming around a curve is not shining in on your car. Right, yeah. Where there's not somebody driving by you (laughs) every five minutes. Right. So, that's another thing that I just... I don't agree with that. Now, another thing that I find strange about this is we know that, which this really doesn't have a lot to do with whether or not Grace Smith's lying, but I am going to throw this out there because it's something that I've wondered about. We know that the guy that was getting off of work at the oil refinery, right? we know that he passed by and saw two cars there. Mm-hmm. And we know that he recognized the Rambler. Right. He could tell, you know, what color it was. We know that he saw the second car, but we know, we know that he couldn't describe it. Okay. Or who was driving it. Okay. We know that. Right, right. But whoever was in that car did not know that. Right. That was at, right at, because you know, he remember, if you remember right, he said that he got right past a couple minutes down the road and he heard a gunshot. 
or right. what he thought was a gunshot and assumed it was just hunters. Okay, right, yeah. So, my point is that whoever was in that car that was parked beside David and Betty Lou, they didn't know that they had not been seen because they saw that they saw the guy go by. Right. In the truck. They right. had two of. So, would it make sense to murder somebody when you don't know if you've been seen or not, unless you had a damn good reason that you needed those two kids dead right then. Right. Does that make more sense? Because if you think you've been seen and you're just doing this as a thrill kill, wouldn't you kind of leave if you knew you had been seen? Yeah. And maybe... Go try it again later when you know there's that you haven't been seen, when there's a better chance that you haven't been seen. Because that guy, whoever was in that car, didn't know that that guy in the truck didn't couldn't describe him or his vehicle. He didn't right, know that. Right. All he right. knew was that somebody had driven by. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, if you're if you don't have a real reason for those two to be dead, you're going to leave. Yeah. And try it again another time when you know you haven't been seen. Which makes me think there had to be a damn good reason that he went ahead and killed them, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't sure if he had been seen or not. Right. I see what you're saying. Does that make sense? hmm I mean, what do you think? Well, I would... I'm not going to kill people, but sometimes you have to put your mind in the mind of a criminal to understand things. I know if it were me out there and some, and I had planned to kill somebody and somebody drove by, mm-hmm. I would leave. Right. Unless you needed those two kids dead. Unless there was a reason that they, they had to be dead or I was gonna, something right. was gonna happen to me. Right. My point is, this was not a random killing. No. Nothing points to it being a random killing. There was a reason those two kids were out there. Yes. They were lured there for some reason. They were told to go there. Yeah. Now, like I said, I could be totally wrong on all this. Well, I mean, if but you think about it, opinion. they told people they were going out there because they were supposed to meet somebody out right. there. Then this guy doesn't leave and goes ahead and kills them. So you know he just didn't happen upon them. Right. He knew they were going to be there. Exactly. And he knew that he needed them dead. That he couldn't leave without doing the job. I'm wondering if they saw something else. I'm wondering if it's got to do with the fight or the threat that David made to the drug dealer that was pushing drugs at the school and told he, because David told him flat out that he was going to turn him in if he didn't stop. Right. Did it have something to do with that? Or did they see something that they shouldn't have? It's something. It's not, in my opinion, this murder is not some random, just, I just, I pull up on somebody and shoot them. Right. Killing. There was a reason. He had a reason. I can't sit here and tell you what that reason was. But... It's, there's not a doubt in my mind those kids were lured out there and were told to go there for some reason. Yeah. And there's not a doubt in my mind they were murdered for a reason or that guy would have just he took off. Left. He would have took off if he thought he had been seen 
And there was no reason for him to think he had not been seen. Right. The only other theory you could think about that is he did happen upon him, and he just didn't give a damn that he had been seen. But I don't, most criminals are not, even serial killers are well, not going to be. can't be that stupid. Right. Or they would never if it, become I mean, serial killers. The person writing those letters would not have done that. No. He wouldn't have. So if you think the Zodiac was the one that killed them and was the one that wrote the letters, if that's what you think, then he would have left. Yeah. Because he, he had have. more sense than that. Because he was the smarter guy. Right. Because whoever wrote those letters, even though they're badly misspelled, which I think is on purpose. Yes, it's absolutely on purpose. He is a very intelligent guy. You can tell. Yeah. He's very intelligent. So, in fact, there were actually, at that time, there were two guys who were awaiting trial for another similar murder that took place in December of 1967. Okay. And they told Solano County Deputy Terry Cunningham that they were in that second car with a third man who was known around town as Big Red. Okay. And that he was the one that had shot David and Betty Lou. Now, I know these were two jailhouse informants, so take this as it, as you, you know, and they were awaiting, awaiting trial, so maybe they were trying to, you know, get, you know, some brownie points or something. Right, right, yeah. This information comes from Tom, the only person I've seen say this is Thomas Henry Horn, who wrote a book. He wrote the book, The Zodiac Hoax, or The Ho- the Zodiac Hoax of 1986, and then okay. another one, The Zodiac Hoax of 1969. He wrote some books um, pointing out all the discrepancies. Because what he did, when, when they released all of the police reports, mm-hmm. what he did, I mean, some people call him a nutcase. He's not. He well, has I mean, some out can, there theories, can, but what he you did... You can sit there and see facts, those, those people. Right. And, that's, and, what, and what he did, which no one had ever done before, he took all of the police reports, put them in chronological order. Okay. And then took all of the newspaper clippings, all of the news articles, put those in chronological order to match them up. Right. To see what was reported when based on... What happened when? Okay, right, right, yeah. It's easy to point out who knew what when. Right, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if the shooting on Lake Herman Road had was done by Big Red or anybody associated with him, I don't know what the reason was. I'm not 100% sure what the reason was, but in my mind, I am 100% sure that they were killed for a reason and that it was not random and that whoever killed them knew where to find them. Yeah, because it's like he went right to them. I think it all hinges on a lot of, if they, if we knew where they were between 9 o'clock and 10, 15. Yeah. We would probably know why they were murdered. But nobody knows that. Right. Nobody ever came forward to tell anybody where they were. Well, somebody knows. But somebody like knows said, where they were. There's a reason nobody has come forward to tell them. Because I believe that's the key. Yeah. So, anyway. 
I'm not going to, I don't want to point, I can't, like I said, I'm trying to stop myself from going through this whole book and pointing out everything that he yeah. did wrong. Just know that he made up stuff. He exaggerated things. He changed reports. He changed yeah. names on reports to make it look like it was another person that gave this statement instead of the person that it was. Changed the date that the report was given. Just things like that. Just to make it fit into his narrative. Right. Because he didn't think anybody would ever see those reports. So, as far as Darlene Farron goes, one of the big things was for Gray Smith was to convince everybody that Arthur Lee Allen knew Darlene Farron. Okay. And that she was the key to solving who the Zodiac was. Well, there's no evidence that they knew each other. And every and in his book, he keeps referring that everybody was referring to this person named Lee. L-E-E, mind you. Right. And he tries to put it off and make it seem like this Lee that everybody's talking about is Lee Allen. But it's not. Okay. It's actually a friend of... Darlene's a woman named Lee that's the Lee people are talking about then he goes into this long um, description of this painting party that supposedly happened at Darlene's house where Lee Allen supposedly was along with some other Vallejo I mean yeah Vallejo police officers okay but according to Dean Farron this party never took place According to her sister, this party never took place. Now, she's got a sister, Pam. Darlene does. Okay. That is out of her... She's... I won't say she's out of her mind. She is not... She's proven herself not to be a reliable witness. Right. Okay. But she's got an older sister named Linda, who has been. Okay. According to them, her and Dean, this painting party never happened. There was actually... Um, a police officer named Hoffman, who, if you'll remember, was the first one to respond to the Blue Rock Springs shooting. Yes. In Grace Smith's book, he puts him at this painting party. Hoffman says he was never at that painting party ever in his life. He had never laid eyes on Darlene. But in his book, Grace Smith tries to make it out like she knew all these police officers he tr- what he's trying to do is make it seem like Darlene was into something that she didn't need to be into and that it involved Lee Allen. Right, okay. Arthur Lee Allen. Which, I mean, all that doesn't come out until the second book because he doesn't. I mean, he keeps referring to this person, but I think his name for Arthur Lee Allen in the first book was Bob Hall Star or something like that. Okay. So, he were, they're all talking about this guy named Bob. Bob, but in reality, they were talking about a female named Lee. Okay. And he was trying to, because he has Zodiac, and then he has Zodiac Unmasked, where he actually names Arthur Lee Allen. Okay, right. So all that was fabricated, because there was no Bob, first of all, so there couldn't have been a Bob that the people were talking about, and they were talking about a person named Lee, but it was a female named Lee. Okay. Had nothing to do with... Arthur Lee Allen. She didn't know him. She didn't know who he was. Now, as far as that murder goes, you know how we talked about that she was out to buy fire. She went. She left to go buy fireworks. 
Right. I don't think that Darlene was there to buy fireworks. I know she wasn't. Darlene was there to buy weed. To buy drugs. And we know this because her brother came forward. I think his name's Leo. Years later. And him and her sister both came forward and said they were not completely honest with police at the time. Okay. But her brother had asked her to go get a bag of weed for the party. Right. Okay. Now, another thing that Gray Smith makes up in his, this is in his book, and this is just totally made, 100% made up. It never happened. It didn't happen. Everybody says it didn't happen. You know, when I told you that um, when Darlene went to pick up Mike Majot from mm-hmm. his house, mm-hmm. that a car pulled out behind them and started following them all over town? Mm-hmm. Never happened. <laughs> it's not in any police report. It's not in Mike's statement to the police. Okay. He also claims that they um, stopped by, that they went and were, going, were heading to Mr. Ed's. Okay. To get something to eat. He states that Darlene had an argument with someone at Mr. Ed's and that Mike, and that they left and that person followed them to Blue Rock Springs and that Mike stated that's the person that killed them. No, he didn't. He did years later after this book came out. Right. That is not what he said in his original police, in his original statements that he gave to the police. He will tell you today. Now, Mike Majot, he's been in and out of jail all his life. Bless his heart. I mean, he's got some issues. If you listen to him talk, you can tell he's not a reliable witness anymore. Right. He's kind of gone off the rails. Like he, like he, in this documentary i was watching where they were interviewing him i mean he'll he says one minute that like i think the interviewer asked him how long you were laying out there before the police came he's like i was laying out there for four hours yeah no. when in reality he was out there seven to eight minutes and that's what he said in his original statement I mean, he's just, he, he, and he's. Well, I can kind of see him having problems. Well, I can too, but my point is, my point is we can't go based on what what says now. now. What, because first of all, I believe that, I believe his memory's been corrupted by uh, not only him, but a lot of people that were involved in this case. I believe that this book has really kind of clouded their memories of what actually happened because they haven't gone back and read their statements of what they said. They assume that what he says is what they said. And there's more examples of that where people have come out and said what they said, what was in the book. When in reality, if they go back and read the statement that they gave on the police report or even the police officers, if they'll read what they wrote, that's not what they said at the time. Right. And not what they wrote at the time. So either one of two things. Either one, they were lying on the original report. Mm-hmm. Two, Grace Smith is wrong. 
and instead and they're just going by what he says instead of really remembering or going back and reading for themselves what they wrote right or what they said it's all just it's confuddled which is a big reason this case hasn't been solved yeah because it's all confuddled now he changes mike majot's description that he gave to police of the perpetrator he changes that description to match arthur lee allen okay but in reality the description that mike majot gave is a dead ringer for darlene's ex-husband jim crabtree okay so which one's right i think i'm gonna go with the description that mike majot gave the night of the murder Mm-hmm. And the next day in the hospital. Right. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go by Robert Graysmith's description because it's obviously wrong because it's not what was in the police report. Right. I've read the report. I've seen the report. I know that's not what Mike Majot said. Right. That's not the description he gave. The description he gave is a dead ringer for Jim Crabtree. Okay. Who was abusive to Darlene, mm-hmm. who was a drug dealer, mm. who studied crypt- cryptography in the, when he was in the military. Okay. Who was in the military. So, there's your military connection. My point is, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, I do not believe... That these murders, any of these murders, were committed by one, the same person. And I, I just don't. I'm about to go through Lake Her- I mean, Lake Berryessa and go through that. But I think that there are better suspects for each of these murders. And I think that somebody was taking credit for them. Okay. Just like they took credit for the Sherry Jo Bates murder. Right. In Riverside. They did not commit that murder, but they took credit for it. Now, why did Mike Majot have on three or four layers of clothes? I think that a good explanation for that is that he was, everybody in their brother was not at home that night because they were at the July 4th festivities. Right. He knew nobody was going to be home. He worked at a pest control for a pest control company, so he knew the insides of these houses. He knew what was in those houses. If he breaks in and somebody sees him and gives a description, all he's got to do is shed a layer of clothes. Right. And he's a to- he has a totally different description. Right. Uh, these kids who were trying to buy drugs would often trade off something to the drug dealer. Right. Like, here's a radio, give me... You know, a small bag of weed. Here's, right, yeah. You know, so yeah. they would steal things mm-hmm. and trade trade them for drugs. What they what I think that's what he was doing that night. That's the only explanation I have for why he's got all those layers of clothing on. The explanation he gave was that he was really skinny and wanted to look bigger. Why? Darlene already knew what he looked like. Well. I mean, I don't know. They had known each other for a while. Yeah. It just makes sense to me that 
you know, you shed a layer of clothes and you don't look like that description. Right. Anymore. Right. Anyway, but I, I mean, I just think that probably Darlene's ex-husband is the best suspect in that murder. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong. Right. Probably am. Yeah. I probably am wrong. I just think that he's the better suspect. I don't, I see how they could all be committed by the same person though. I really do. And I could see how it could be a random killing. Mm-hmm. But if it all had to do with drugs, it could still be the same person that killed the other two. Yes, but why the letters? Who Just knows? to direct attention away. I'm... Who knows? Because they're crazy. <laughs> why are they going to complain about a button? They're crazy. <laughs> Okay. I think it's all just um I think it's I think it's I think it's a distraction. It's just a show and it's just I think it's a distraction. So then we get to Lake Berryessa. And as you know, as you remember, Mm -hmm. this is where Brian Hartnell made a friend Cecilia Shepherd were stabbed. Cecilia died, Brian lived. Now what they tell you in what Grace Smith tells you in this book and what has become the narrative mm-hmm. is that this person had to be the person that committed this murder had to be the same person that wrote the letters because of the note on Brian's car door where they had the cross circle symbol. But the letters were published in the newspaper. Now, what they tell you is that only the part that only the code was published in the paper. No, that's not true. It isn't true because because on August the fourth of nineteen sixty nine, I have read some of the articles, so I know that that's not true. Well, the Vallejo Times Herald, when they got their letter on August the fourth, they published it a big full page of it. Right. The whole letter with that symbol. Mm-hmm. And on the on the front page. Mm-hmm. So that symbol was seen by now, everybody. Now Vallejo Times Herald did not have a bit as big of a was not as read by as many people but as somebody, like the San Francisco Chronicle well, were, and the the other newspaper, but they were not. They still had a readership. But they could have read it to somebody and told, showed it to somebody that showed it to somebody that showed it to somebody. I mean, it could have been the point around. Is, the point is, it was known and it was made public. Yeah. It was out there. Now, what was not out there at the time, they had not released the letter where he calls himself Zodiac. Okay. And the interesting thing about the Lake Berryessa attack is in all that conversation that Brian and he had, not once did he mention that he was the Zodiac. Because he had not called himself that yet. He had in, in his, the paper. He not, had in letters. But nobody else but knew But nobody that. else knew that is my but, point. But, I mean, he didn't... I could see him not telling them that. Though. He, but I think that he would want the police to know that the Zodiac was the one that did this. Now, if if he had called himself the Zodiac, there would be no doubt in my mind that it was the same person. But I could see him not doing that, though. I just don't think. Not. I'm not the, saying the, the you're person, wrong. The person that wrote those letters would not have been able not to say it. Is my point. 
maybe out loud he could not i mean maybe he didn't because i mean i just think that the reason he didn't was because nobody knew about it but the letter writer and the police and i don't think that the person that committed that crime was the same person that wrote the letters if he had been he would have told him who he was because I he think would, it very well could have been, though, because... I just don't it, think that he would have been able not to. I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, I'm, but, not, I mean, saying I'm, it, I'm not saying I'm a... But I'm open it saying, up to another way of looking at it. He's out there to kill people. He thinks these people are going to die. So then why, why the, would he tell them that he's the Why would he wear the hood? Because he's crazy. Okay. My point is he wants people to know who he is. He, Which, right. I think and that I, this was a, somebody that was trying to pin. I think it was another person who was trying to but let I everybody think it that it was the Zodiac. Could also, be the Zodiac too, because he could have worn the hood to keep anybody else from seeing him that was around the lake that day. Well, another thing we need then just mean, wear a then just wear a ski mask. Well, this is him though. That's He's my point. That's my whole point. That's Even my whole the guy point. who wrote the letters has got to take everything That's my point. Which is why I say that it could be the same person that my, wrote the letters. You just made my point for me. He's got to be extravagant. He's got to let people know who he is. Right. But what I'm saying is, is he would not necessarily tell them thinking that both of them are going to die. It, because they're not going to be able to tell the police anyway. They're not going to be able to tell the police that he if was he, wearing if, a hood. But somebody around the <laughs> lake, he doesn't know. He doesn't know who may pull up and go by. Then just wear a ski mask. If it's not a big deal that you need to be known as the Zodiac, wear a ski mask. That's my whole point. I, but I could see him yeah. not saying it though. Yeah. It's my point. I know. I'm just saying that I. I mean, because he thought these mind, people were going to die. So why tell two dead people that you're the Zodiac? When they're not going to, I mean, the hood I could see because of you're on a lake. There's people on the lake. They could ride by. I get that. Mm -hmm. Well, another thing. But they're not going to hear you tell them I'm the Zodiac. Well, another thing that makes me think that it's not the same person. You remember how we left off last episode where we went through the, like, five different descriptions that were given of this guy, of this perpetrator? Yeah. The descriptions varied so much. I just don't think it was the same person each time. But they were close enough that they the were artist... though. The, the the hair color was not the same. The weight was not the same. The height was not the same. But you really only have two. Hmm? We got Because two people that were attacked are the only two people no, that survived. No, we've got a whole house full of um teenagers that saw this guy. For an extended period of time, who gave a description where that you got the crew cut description from? That's not the description that the, that Mike Majot gave. It's not the description of the person that's but Cecilia that Shepherd and teenagers. That house full of teenagers aren't they the ones that saw him when he killed Mike? No, they're the ones that saw him when he killed Paul Stein, the cab driver. Oh, that's okay. But there were some teenagers that saw something when the Mike and no, they just pulled up on the scene after they were shot. They're the ones that found them shot. Okay. Like all all this stuff I'm going through right now, it comes from um, Thomas Henry Horne's book. 
I also find it just interesting and weird that the only one we don't get a letter after is Lake Berryessa. We don't get a letter right. about Lake Berryessa. Right. Then, two weeks later, we have a murderer in San Francisco, the biggest city in that area, uh-huh. of a cab driver, which looks like a robbery. Okay. Right. Because he was robbed. His wallet was taken. Nothing was taken from the victims of any of the other attacks. And the description of this killer doesn't match the description of any of the other attacks. Right. He doesn't even have the same hair color. He's reddish blonde. Everybody else said he had dark brown hair. Right. Now, Mike Majot did say he may have had light brown hair, light brown to blonde. But this guy supposedly had strawberry blonde hair. Okay. So I just, it just makes me, all these descriptions and all these dif- different M.O.s make me doubt that it's the same person. Now, what I find funny about the Paul Stein murder was all these other murders were spaced out. You had Lake Herman, December of 68. You had um, Blue Rock Springs, July of 69. Mm-hmm. You had Lake Berryessa, September End of September of 69. Right. Then two weeks later, you have the Paul Stein murder. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason for that, and I may be contradicting myself on why the letters were written in the first place here, but it just seems to me that whoever was writing the letters wanted to be sure didn't want somebody stealing his thunder because I think that he, the person that did the Lake Berryessa stabbings, mm-hmm. was pretending to be the same person who was writing the letters. Right. Was trying to blame it on that person. And this person wanted to, one, either make it clear that he was the one doing it. Like, he didn't want other people to think that's why he didn't try to disguise himself. And he wanted to prove that he it was him, because if you remember, that's the only, that letter, the, the letters after the Stein murders were the ones that included the pieces of the shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. That's another option. So, it was the letter writer who said, well, now I've been taking credit for these murders. But now somebody's trying to pretend to be me. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go out now and actually do this so I can prove to them that I am the one doing it. Right. Because that's the only letters that had any evidence sent with them. And it just so happened that it was two weeks, two short weeks after the Lake Berryessa murders that we don't get a letter from. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't call his tell anybody he's the Zodiac, even though he had already named himself the Zodiac. The letter writer could be someone that had access to Paul Stein's shirt. Yeah. Okay. It was either a random murder that the letter writer took credit for, but mm-hmm. then but if it was, how did he get a piece of Paul Stein's shirt? Right. It was either the person who was writing the letters mm-hmm. who went out and killed someone. Um, 
either he killed all of them or he thought he had to kill that person because there was somebody out there that was he thought was trying to take credit for what he was doing right or it was the letter writer was someone that would have had access to that evidence right so it's one of those three options Mm -hmm. there's really no other ones right so i guess i'm not i mean i can't sit here and tell you who i think wrote the letters there's some options there's hal snook who was an investigator and worked in the crime lab for Napa County. Mm-hmm. He's the one that processed all the evidence at Lake Berryessa. Right. Um, he actually is a pretty good match for the description of the person seen walking away from Paul Stein's cab. I think the first letters were written to draw attention away from why the Blue Rock Springs murders happened and who was responsible. Right. Because that's when they started. Right. And I think that whoever wrote those first letters, because I don't think the same person wrote all of the Zodiac letters. There's different tone to them. There's actually places, if you take, there's been um, photographs taken of some of the letters that you can see where somebody looked like they were tracing and erased the pencil mark. Okay. Because it looks like they traced the letters maybe to get the handwriting. Right. And then... Went over it in pen and erased the pencil. Right. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, There's part of me that thinks that maybe Robert Graysmith, I'm pretty sure he wrote the letter to Melvin Belli, the one that had the piece of Paul Stein's, the little piece of Paul Stein's shirt in it. Okay. And the reason I think that is because, first of all, the handwriting's different. Second of all, I think that there was a reason that these they wanted these letters to be keep getting written because it was selling newspapers. Mm-hmm. And he did have plans even way back in 1972 to write a book, which we know because we, he had to later admit that he was already working on that. Right. And the way he got Paul Stein's shirt was when that letter came in to the San Francisco Chronicle, which Robert Gray Smith worked at. Mm-hmm. His One of his jobs there was to photograph all the stuff so that it could be changed from color to black and white. Right. He would have been the one to photograph that letter and shirt when it came into the Chronicle. He would have been alone with that evidence. Right. Okay. There was plenty, there was ample opportunity for him just to grab a little slip of it. Right. Which okay. is what was in the Bell Eye letter. I'm pretty sure he wrote the night to the um, the 78 letter because he had a book coming out and wanted to draw up support. I'm not the only one that thinks that. There's a lot of people out there that think that um, Robert Graysmith was responsible for that 78 letter. Okay. The one just to draw it back to the public eye because the letter hadn't been written in forever. Right, right. Um, But... He needed publicity. I have a problem with that word. (laughs) Publicity for his book coming out. Yeah. He needed publicity in 1972 because he was already planning on writing a book. Yep. I just think that after, at least after, and I think before, but at least after that November 9th letter, November 9th of um, 69, I think that somebody else started writing the letters. And I think that the purpose of that was to keep the story in the papers. 
Okay. I don't think that one person committed all of these murders. I don't think the only murder that the letter writer could have committed, I believe, is the Paul Stein murder. And I'm still iffy on that, just due to the fact. I mean, I kind of have to say that the letter writer did because there was a piece of Paul Stein's shirt in there. Right, yeah. Unless the letter writer, whoever wrote the letters, had access to the crime evidence. Mm Mm-hmm. That's my theory. I know I know I've been talking a long time. There's so much stuff that I want to say that would really bring this out, but I know that I don't have that kind of time. I don't want to carry this into another episode, but I do want to get my point across that Grace Smith's book, 95% of it is is stuff that's changed, made up. Or I mean, he even he even tells in the book he has conversations it makes out like that he's talking to these investigators when in reality he's taking conversations that they had with reporters of the newspaper and putting himself in the reporter's shoes and pretending it was a a private conversation between the two of them right i mean just crazy stuff like that it's not factual he does use the police reports but you can't take a police report and change something on it and Right, right. And call yourself a true crime writer. Right, you can't. It's not true crime. So, I mean, basically, I wanted to get that across. I wanted to get across my theory and the reasons why I wish I could go deeper into it. I just think because of the descriptions, the different MOs, the way they happened, the reasons that they happened, I think are all different. And I think that points to a different perpetrator for each murder and i don't believe it was one murder so that's what i wanted to get across basically in this whole series (laughs) so within all these however many hours we've been talking about it and if you don't i know you're i know there's people are going to be mad at me and don't and not agree with me and i will be glad to talk to you about it civilly i'm not going to argue with you about it But I will, and you know, I've got an open mind. I'm not saying that this is what happened. I'm Mm -hmm. saying it's my opinion. Right. And opinions are opinions. They're not facts. I'm not saying this is a factual thing. I'm saying this is based on what I've seen, what I've read. It's what I think. I'm probably, more than likely, totally wrong. What say you, ma'am? I honestly think that they could have been, that the letter writer did commit them, all of the murders. So you believe that there was, that the there was being, a Zodiac But killer. the reason being is there were things that he mentioned in the letters that were not put into the press. In each The murder. thing, that's what they want you to say, to think. But the thing is, if you look at when stuff was reported in the newspaper, and the dates that the letters were postmarked, a lot of that stuff was... But there were some things that weren't. Which like makes me the think. flashlight, like the, when he used the flashlight. I think that's totally made up. I don't think that that actually even happened. Like I said, I could be. I'm probably totally off base here. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm I not just, saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm just I saying. I just think that there's a possibility that it, that the letter writer did commit all of the murders. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a totally possible. Totally now, possible. Do I believe that because of this book? No. <laughs> Now, I believe that 
the reason I believe it is because if you go over the evidence from the police reports and the letters, I could see where it could be the same person that committed all the murders. I mean, I can too. I can see that. I just find it just doesn't sit right with me. Let me just put it that way. It all of it being one person doesn't sit right with me. Now, as far as the descriptions, again, mm-hmm. it was dark. They could have been wrong on some of the on some of the details. Right. I just they're just so different to me that it just because no two know, people are going to describe the same. You can put one person in there, and when people describe them, you can ask five different people, and you're going to get five different. That's true because I am the first person who will say that eyewitness accounts are. Not credible. No, I have not. said that many times. So I'm really contradicting myself on that. But I just, they're so different that I just find, even the hair, like the different hair color, you know, you would think you well, would be able to. Well, one person could see it as one color yeah. and another person could see it as another color. Yeah. And it could also be if he wore a hat. We don't know. I mean, I know nobody mentioned a hat. Mm-mm. But. I mean, the I only see, time they mentioned his face being covered was at Berryessa, and they were able to see the uh, hair color through the because it was falling out through the eyes of his little right, his little what outfit he had. Like I said, I'm probably totally off base. It's just and probably me spending the last month and a half of my life just diving into these wormholes that you can get into with all this stuff. Maybe it's maybe it's corrupted my mind. <laughs> But that's that's where that's where I'm gonna leave it. That's my thought on it. I'm probably wrong. Everybody else that investigates this is probably right that it is one person. Um, and I'm just I I have never dove into all the evidence and just hearing what you presented as evidence. I could honestly I believe it was all one person. Okay. Well, and I didn't do my job. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be one I, we're not going to agree on. I didn't on. convince you. No. Oh, well. I don't know if I... I doubt I convinced anybody, but... I mean, it's okay to think that way. If I had... broaden out because... If I... But, I wish I had, like, six more hours to talk to people no, about this, but we're not... I'm, I'm not I, dragging I, it I, out. I've enjoyed this, but I'm a little bit tired yeah, of this Yeah, it's time to move on. It's time to move on to something else. Yeah, we will. Next week, guys, is our Halloween tie-in with our new... Um, Yes, I'm podcast. excited about this one because oh, I know I'm going to get a lot of feedback on this <laughs> one when I when I read I it. I can't wait. Next week's Halloween, so we're having our Halloween shows. There's I cannot wait. Gonna, after I get done with mine next week for our Halloween special, there's probably going to be some people who are mad with me. Well, there may be. I don't know. I can't wait for it though. I cannot wait. I'm so we'll excited. See. So, guys, um. Go rate and review us, please. Yes. So we can have some reviews to read from you guys. Um, check out our new podcast, Out in the Sticks. Yes, please. If you're into paranormal. Like we said, it's, it's not, it's awesome. more, it's kind of like this one. We just act silly. I'm not about out to ghosts. scare anybody. I'm not telling like campfire stories. No, I'm yeah. out telling historical facts and then the tying in the paranormal part and then of it. The, you know, reports of yeah, people so. seeing things that aren't there. So just check that out and see if you like it. Yes. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at One Crime Pod. Send us your ghost stories. Yes, please. One crime at a time at gmail.com. 
Um, anything else? I can't think of anything. I think that's it for this that's week, it. guys. And that's it for the Zodiac. We are saying goodbye to the Zodiac. Goodbye, Zodiac. Goodbye. <laughs> I'll buy you a button. <laughs> get Somebody get this man a button. Please get the man a button. And just wear it just one time and take a picture. And, like, print it in the paper so he can see it. <laughs> Just one time before Just he one dies. Time. If he's not already dead, bless his heart. Well, then if he's dead, he'll know you wore his Yeah, button. that's true. That's true. He's I don't... What, he, he, he'll, he'll, he'll see it from a, below. He'll see it from below. <laughs> he'll see it from below, not above. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um... Like I said, please join us next week. It's going to be an interesting week. It um, is. I can't wait for this story. Mine is actually going to be harder than yours. This I think week. so. I think so. So tune in, guys, and we will see you next week. See you next time. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.